Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we're going to make the case for why the Republican Party is more adrift than it has been over the past 15 years, perhaps since Watergate. Number two, we've got a sneak peek into the January 6th hearing later today. And number three, the latest on COVID relief from whether that $15 minimum wage is going to make it into the final package, how Republicans are already starting to run against it. All right, Jake, the number one story of the day, we lay out the case in Punchbowl News AM that the Republican Party, it's not just having a no good, very bad day. It's having a no good, very bad decade plus. Well, 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 first of all, I'd be remiss for not saying we're on Stephen Colbert's show tonight. Uh, so tune in if you want to see us not at five o'clock in the morning <laughs> or whenever you listen to this. We're recording this at like five o'clock in the morning. But no, I, I think that I, what I would argue is and what we made the case this morning is that the Republican Party is probably um, more adrift than it has been at any point in the last 15 years. And and John Bresnan, our colleague, said perhaps even longer since Watergate. I I think that, you know, a few things. We make a few points. You know, Republicans could be hitting Democrats for a whole bunch of things right now. They have uh, 80-year-olds running the party. The Senate is controlled by Joe Manchin, who represents a state with a small with a population smaller than Houston. That was a really John- fun fact. I did not realize that. That yeah, is crazy. You know, I Googled that, so I hope it's right. But uh, <laughs> uh, but listen, but, you know, Chuck Schumer gets less ink most days than uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is the his potential primary challenger. Um, and but listen, look at what Republicans are doing. They have Lauren Boebert, the Demo- Republican from Colorado, showing up to hearings with, you know, an an arsenal behind her. They have Andy Harris, who tried to bring a gun onto the floor. Marjorie Taylor Green, who now is off for committees and wants to impeach Joe Biden for things that no one really understands. Ted Cruz goes to Cancun. Ron Johnson uh, uh, doesn't think the armed insurrection at the Capitol was an armed insurrection. I mean, what a mess this party is at the moment. And you still have Donald Trump hovering above it all, right? And hovering above everything that the party does and just making sure the Republican Party has to spend to spend so much energy making sure that everything is copacetic and groovy with Donald Trump. And it's like such it's just such a uh, a time and energy suck for the GOP. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been saying for a while this Republican Party is in this existential crisis. But what's super interesting to me is I I think twofold. One, they're just so, so inward looking, trying to figure out who they're going to be, what they're going to do. But then they've really struggled. Right. I think they have Joe Biden is this kind of trying to be this, you know, no drama Obama part two White House where you're downshifting and they're trying to kind of paint, you know paint him as this massive radical which didn't work in the election it certainly doesn't look, work now there's a lot of things you could criticize Joe Biden for but being a radical just doesn't stick i think it's going to be one of the things to watch in the coming weeks months how do republicans try to kind of figure out not only how do they deal with Donald Trump but what is going to be their selling point going into 2022 when they're just going to kind of have been against COVID relief and been against this White House? I think they're going to what are they for? What does this Republican Party stand for? I think that's one of the things that they're definitely going to have to answer. The number two story, Jake, you've got a sneak peek into the January 6th hearing later today. 
Big, big day today on Capitol Hill, 10 a.m., uh, joint hearing between Senate Homeland and Senate Rules to look into the January 6th attacks. Uh, first time Stephen Sund, uh, Michael Stanger, and Paul Irving, three top now former security officials in the Capitol, um, will be speaking publicly about the January 6th attack. And we're going to hear for the first time from the people who should have known about this, who should have been protecting us in the Capitol, who weren't protecting us. So uh, a big moment on Capitol Hill. We talked to Roy Blunt and to Gary Peters. Gary Peters is the chairman of Homeland. Roy Blunt is the top Republican on rules. So two of the top people who are going to be controlling this hearing. They want information out. Uh, Blunt said maybe the board that oversees the the security of the Capitol doesn't work. And I think that That'll be a topic of conversation today. All right. The number three story, we've got a kind of a dual number three story. First, look at the budget update, what's happening with minimum wage, and then also how Republicans are trying to sell their position against Democrats on COVID relief. We've been talking about this minimum wage for the past several days. Is it going to be in there? Is it not? Senate Democratic and GOP committee staff present to the parliamentarian uh, on various provisions that Republicans say this violates the bird rule to have the $15 minimum wage as part of this. These are arcane rules governing budget reconciliation. A lot of details that nobody really needs to get into the weeds of, but it basically is going to be thumbs up, thumbs down in the next two days or so, right? Yeah, we're, we're expected to hear from the parliamentarian about the um, minimum wage, whether it will uh, end up in the uh, COVID relief package. My guess is no. <laughs> I, I I mean, that's what we keep hearing from people. But I mean, we've been surprised before and I wouldn't bet any money on it. This is not a crystal ball. This is just a, <laughs> this is just based on our reporting. Um, and I think, listen, I think if the minimum wage is not allowed into the bill, um, then uh, it, it makes it easier, perhaps in some respect in the Senate, probably makes it a bit harder in the House. But re- remember, we are it's it's February 23rd. This bill has to pass by March 14th, a big couple weeks for Joe Biden for the Senate and House Democratic majorities. The other interesting thing playing out is, man, it feels like we were just in an election cycle, (laughs) but the House uh, Congressional Leadership Fund, which is the top House Republican super PAC already going out to 11 districts with digital ads and phone calls criticizing Democrats for their COVID relief bill. Man, there is no rest for the weary here. Also, just like. Dude, we've we've seen this is the the challenge here. I mean, they're trying to make this a stimulus play like the Republicans in 2009 just said the stimulus that Barack Obama passed was was a disaster. It was blah, blah, blah. You know, but the covid relief process is not a disaster. Republicans have voted for all of these items before. And now they're trying to say it's a big it's a big liberal giveaway. And that just doesn't play for a lot of people. Um, but we're, we're, we're previewing today an ad that the Congressional Leadership Fund, that House Republican super PAC is running that um uh how and it's a good preview of how they're going to run against democrats uh in in 2022 when they try to get back the majority all right well thanks so much for listening again a reminder we will be on the colbert show tonight please tune in otherwise hit that subscribe button leave us a rating and review you can also subscribe to punchbowl news at punchbowl.news have a great day and stay safe